Welcome to another episode of Pastor Dale Walker's Leadership Podcast. We look forward to having you join us on this journey in learning how to become leaders that lead like Jesus. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to Dale Walker on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. So today, we're going to be looking at the word of prophecy. Um, you know, we're, we're learning about hearing and interpreting God's voice. So today, we're going to be just uh, looking at what it is to move in the prophetic, um, which is, you know, hearing God and speaking what we hear from God. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a very interesting topic. Of course, I don't think we can cover it completely in one session but uh uh you know there's a lot to talk about prophecy uh different aspects of it and just a lot that we can go into right but uh today we're just we're just going to go into what um we've prepared today and talk a little bit about it and um so in first corinthians this is where i guess i'm going to going to base uh the the class off of um, first corinthians Corinthians 14, 1 to 5, where Paul is uh, speaking to the, the church in Corinth because uh, there was just a, you know, something going on there where they were, you know, speaking in tongues. They were moving in, in, the, in the gift of the spirit of speaking in tongues. But Paul's like, hey, it's okay for you to speak in tongues. And we, we want to encourage that. But if you're going to be speaking in tongues in public, you need an interpreter because what does it benefit for you to speak in tongues when nobody's understanding what you're saying? Um, if you're doing it in public um, and that's where prophecy comes in. So we're going to read it really quick. I'm using the New King's James Version. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So I think the big point that Paul is doing right here is that um, we want the church to be edified. We want the church to be comforted. We, we need the church to be exhorted. Uh, if necessary. So if we're going to do that, we need to prophesy. We need to ask God, what are you speaking, Lord? And what is it that you want me to say to the church? Um, so to prophesy is one who speaks for another. That is basically essentially what prof to prophesy means or prophecy means. Uh, one who speaks for another. And we saw this in Exodus uh, where uh, Aaron is basically the mouth of Moses, right? And we can go to Exodus 4, 
verses 10 to 16. Really quick, Moses raised another objection to God. This is when God is calling Moses to go to Egypt. Master, please, I don't talk well. I've got this from the message version, so it's a little bit different. Um, I've never been good with words, neither before or after you spoke to me. I stutter and stammer. God said, and who do you think made the human mouth? And who makes some mute, some deaf, some sighted, and some blind? Is it an I, God? So get going. I'll be, I'll be there with you, with your mouth. I'll be right there to teach you what to say, he said. Oh, master, please send somebody else. God got angry with Moses. Don't you have a brother, Aaron, the Levite? He's good with words. I know he is. He speaks very well. In fact, at this very moment, he's on his way to meet you. When he sees you, he's going to be glad. You'll speak to him and tell him what to say. I'll be right there with you as you speak and with him as he speaks, teaching you step by step. He will speak to the people for you. He'll act as your mouth, but you'll decide what comes out of it. Now take the staff in your hand. You'll use it to do the signs. So Aaron spoke with fidelity what God gave Moses to say. So the fountain of message was God spoken by Moses, interpreted by Aaron. In this way, the whole people of Israel were blessed. So um, sometimes we can see prophecy as something very mystic, something very, you know, wow, um, you know. And the truth is that prophecy is something very natural that God wants to give us as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's something very natural for us to be able to speak the word of God or a, a, a message that we're receiving from God. Um, it, it should be part of our Christian experience, our Christian walk with God. Um, <clears throat> it is not something that only some elite, very close to God people can do, but it's actually for the whole church. You know, when Paul wrote this to, to the church of Corinth, he wrote it to the church. He didn't write it to the leaders. He didn't write it to other apostles. He didn't write it to, you know, the Elite. No, he wrote it to the church. So this is for everyone to have. Just as it, it is available to everyone to have, uh, you know, to speak in tongues, the prophecy is available for everyone to have. Why? Because it is simply... Uh, receiving the message from God and being able to convey that message, okay? So wh where does it come from? What is the fountain of prophecy? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a fountain of all prophecy, yes? Holy Spirit puts his words in our mouth to speak. Therefore, we must be diligent in knowing how to, stow, to steward, I mean, uh, this gift, okay? We need to steward it. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that we learn. It's something that we grow into. It's something that we should train to do. Um, you know, it, it doesn't come like, uh, uh, you know, just because we can do it, but it's like when we learn how to walk, you know, we're going to stumble. We might start crawling first and then we start walking. And yes, we're going to stumble. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, we're, we're going to um, uh, have our, our issues, but we will be able to do it um, 
knowing that God is in the midst of it. So 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 12 says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. This speaks to uh, the spirit being the fountain from one from where we receive revelation, where we receive a word to give. For what man knows, the things of a man except the for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So it's been freely given to us. And this is the spirit of God speaking into our lives, speaking the word of God into our lives so that we can encourage, so we can exhort, so we can edify our brother, our sister, or, or the church. The Spirit of God examines the heart of God. Yeah? So what God wants to convey to a certain person or a group of people, he does so by his Spirit using a person to speak it. Right? And, and, and that's the beautiful thing of this, that God would use us, you know? That's just like, Wow, really, God? Uh, but he does. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. And, and, and that's just the wonderful mystery of it all. But his spirit examines the heart of, heart of God. What's there? What does God want to communicate? What does God want to say? Um, what does God want to speak into the lives of, of people. And this is the ens essence of the gift of prophecy, right? That God would speak into us and use us. And in this, we are mere servants, vessels, and instruments. That's what, that's what we are. Yeah. So it's like, um, we're, we're nothing more, special than what we're supposed to think of ourselves. Just like a saxophone, um, if the saxophone is on the floor, on the table, on a stand, it does absolutely nothing. It just takes up space, right? <laughs> but if an instrumentalist gets that saxophone, a saxophone player, and starts playing that thing, mm, beautiful music right, can be created and songs can be played. And we say, oh, that's the purpose of the saxophone. That someone, the instrumentalist, grabs it and plays it. And that's, you know, what comes out. The same thing with us. We're just mere servants. And God wants to use us. And if God is not the one that's uh, breathing through on us and through us, then uh, yeah, we, we, we got to get better at God. Use me. God, I'm here. God, I'm available. God, I want to do what you're asking me to do. Okay. So uh, the Holy Spirit is the fountain of all prophecy and he wants to use us to convey and to give his um, comfort, his uh, exhortation, even his edification to the church. Um. We're going to see today three aspects of prophecy, 
three aspects of prophecy. Um, just a quick, quick thing, really quick. Um, I was like, what am I going to speak? How am I even going to give this? And Lord, give me your words. And, 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 you know, God even like brought me a sense of, Hey, isn't this what you're teaching? <laughs> isn't this what you're trying to convey? Uh, come on, dude, you know, you can do this. You, you can, you can give what I'm, I'm trying to give you. And I had to go back to notes from 1999 that uh, uh, a beautiful man of God uh, uh, gave us a class on, and I and I want to share you with you a little bit of what, of what I was able to to capture from there. So today we're going to see three aspects of prophecy, and these are very important things when it comes to stewarding or when it comes to training for or learning about prophecy. So number one, it's the genuine aspect of prophecy, okay? And this is when God empowers us with authority and, and with the word. And we speak that word, and it is proven to be true in the moment or in the future, whether it be a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or a prophetic word for something that has not yet happened, Okay. Uh, there's many examples of this in the Bible. Uh, you know, we can, we can, uh, I gave you the example there of Acts 5, 1 to 11, a very heavy example, you know, of a word of, of prophecy where Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they, they tried to trick uh, the church and, you know, there was a strong word given and, you know, uh, we were able to prove that word or the people were able to prove that word in the moment. Right. Um, but it happens differently and it happens in, 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 in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know how many of you heard my, my sermon on, on, on uh, Sunday, but you know, we, as a couple, my wife and I had a lot of experience with prophetic words that were given to us. Some were, you know, just proven in the moment that they were coming from God you know, that prophecy where they, 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 you know, they, uh, this, uh, prophet, you know, told us, you know, you came, you came to a point where you had to decide to leave or to stay. We knew that moment. Oh, this word is coming from God. This is, this is God speaking to us. And this is, you know, we got to pay attention, you know, or the other prophecy where this girl blindfolded, you know, I'm in my chair and she starts telling me, of the place where I'm praying to God and the space I'm in and, you know, perk my ears, you know, oh, God is speaking. You know, it's true. In the moment, I'm receiving confirmation that God is speaking and that God is, 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 um, is trying to, you know, convey a, a message to me. Um, it, ha it has happened to me where I'm giving a word, you know, and I start speaking it over a, a person, whether it be a, maybe a word of knowledge or, or of, of wisdom. And, uh, you know, they start breaking down and saying, yes, God, you know, God is speaking to me right now and is giving me counsel through what you're saying. Um, so it's just different ways that God or that, that this genuine aspect of prophecy is proven. And then it, it then there's also the, 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 futuristic or the future prophetic word, you know, 
And Yuri and I have also experienced this. And you know, we can see it in the Bible, you know, just Jesus, you know, <laughs> where it was spoken about Jesus, you know, where he was to be born and from whom and, you know, all this kind of stuff and was accurate. And with Yuri and, and I, you know, and back in 2001, this man that I'm telling you that I got the notes, some of the notes from, he was the one that spoke into our lives back in 2001, you know, saying, uh, you're here now, but you will leave this place and you will go on to a, a ministry that you don't even fathom, that you don't even imagine, you can't even think about it, you know, and then in 2003, again, we received, uh, you know, a, a, a same message that had to do with that, with leaving uh, the church that we were at. And came 2012, and we start packing and everything, and Yuri finds these words, and it's like, oh, oh, man, they came, and, and you know, they came to life. They, 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 they were proved genuine. And, you know, exactly, we came to a place where we had never imagined, you know, we we were big city folks. Uh, we wanted to go to San Antonio and, you know, be closer to family. And God's like, nah, you're going to Las Cruces uh, and you're going to, excuse me for saying this, but we're, you're going to white church and uh, and you're going to be a part of this ministry and you're going to be a part of this congregation and you're going to do this and that. And I was like, oh, well, we never imagined that. Um, so, uh, you know, all my life, all our lives, my, my wife and I, our Christian walk with God, has, had always been in a Hispanic church, a Spanish church, a Mexican church. So coming to heart for the world for us was unimaginable. You know, it's like, what are we doing here? Uh, but, but, but God. <laughs> so, you know, just those things, everything that was, you know, uh, uh, prophesied over us. And this is the genuine aspect I'm talking about where God proved to us, you know, God says, yes, this is what's going to happen. And it happened, or this is what you're feeling right now, or this is the decisions that you made. And, you know, just stuff like that, where God comes and confirms, and it's genuine, and it's God speaking to you. Amen. And then there's another aspect to it. The mistake aspect is, I want to call it that way, the mistake aspect. So, our ability to hear God is something that is in training, okay? And we're always learning. We're always um, we're always doubting. <laughs> uh, we're always asking questions. We're you know, and, and we're learning. We're in training. So therefore, mistakes will be made. Mistakes will be made. I wanna I wanna let you know. You will make mistakes. I have made mistakes. You know, I have had blunders where I go up to people and I start speaking to them and they're just like, mm, no, <laughs> that's not coming through. That's, you know, uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's not for me or whatever, you know. So but anyway, um, nonetheless, we have a pure and genuine desire to hear God speak and use us to be his instrument for encouragement, edification, and exhortation. So as long as we, our heart is pure and our motivations are pure, our motivations are genuine towards God and towards God's people, God honors that. 
and we make we might might make a mistake. Wow, that was hard. Um, God is not uh, surprised, or God is not like, oh, what did you do? You know, not at all. You know, God God knows us. God sees our heart. God knows that uh, with a genuine heart, we're wanting to convey uh, what we think or what we perceive that he is speaking to our, lo- our lives. So God does not punish a mistake that was done that was done with a sincere heart to serve him and to serve his people. So how can we know when God's speaking or how can we know um, that what we're going to speak is truly coming from God? And not that we're saying that we're going to hear something wrong and speak it, but it is good to know what kind of words God will bring to our lives to speak to others. So we're going to learn a little bit about characteristics of the voice of God. Some characteristics of the voice of God. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So, That's in James 3.17. So here are some characteristics of the wisdom, the voice of God in our lives that we uh, can filter, all right? Things that we perceive or words that we perceive. Um, First of all, it's pure, okay? The word that we're going to give is pure. It is free from perversion or deviation. Uh, It's not going to cause you know, a person to um, say, well, then this is not what I want, or God is not for me, or Jesus is not what I what I need, or anything like that. It, it's going to come from a pure place, and is going to uh, um, witness to the spirit of the person or the people receiving the word. So the, the word of God is pure. Another thing is the word of God is peaceable which means that it brings peace and not confusion, okay? Uh, When we speak a word from God or when we receive a word from God and we feel like, oh, you know, this, that's not, that doesn't witness with my spirit, then we might, you know, say, okay, I, I made a mistake or, you know what, I don't think that's for me right now. Um, Something that I learned um, before I go on, something that I learned and um, about prophecy, you know, sometimes we have to put some words that we receive on a shelf and keep praying about it. Yeah, have it there. Maybe it's not for the moment, but at a later, later date, you know, it's like, oh, oh I remember I received that word some time ago. It wasn't for that moment, but it's for today. And it's it's something that God is speaking to my life right now. So maybe it's not, it doesn't give you peace right at that moment. But hey, it's maybe it's worth putting to the side, putting it on a shelf and saying, yeah, you know, later, later God 
God brings it to your memory and says, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, it was for this moment that I received that word. So um, I remember one time at the church that I was at, um, and I think I mentioned this also on Sunday, you know, one of the main pastors was praying for all, uh, you know, all the leadership of the church and everything. He came to me and he starts praying for me. And he, and he says this, if you leave this church, the anointing will go from you. And I was like, what? It, it just, it just didn't sit well with my spirit. You know, the following day, you know, I asked this other, uh, one of the other pastors, right? I'm like, um, did you hear, you know, because I didn't know if he had heard or anything. And he, he was like, yeah, I heard it. And I'm so sorry that, you know, you, you received that and and you shouldn't have heard that. And I, I would just put that to the side. And, you know, um, it was maybe just emotional. It was just maybe in the spur of the moment or whatever, you know, and, um, but I, I, I wouldn't, you know, put too much attention to it. Of course I did because <laughs> that word bound me for years and, you know, wouldn't let God uh, work what he needed to work in my life uh, to come to a decision to leave the church when God was asking, asking me to leave. That word was holding me back and, and, you know, unconsciously it was holding me back. But anyway, the word of God is peaceable. It comes to you, you receive it, and it's it brings peace to your heart, or it brings peace to the heart of the of the of the person that you're ministering to. Um, it is gentle, yeah. Uh, the word of God is spoken with love, with care. It's not a oh, thus saith the Lord, and you're gonna die tomorrow. Uh, no, uh, it's a it's a word that you know you convey with love. Yes. Sometimes we have to speak truth, of course, because God, that's what he is. He is true. Um, but we do it with love and we do it with care. And we, we care for the heart of the person. We care for the mind of the person, for his emotions or her emotions. And, and we try to convey it in the best way. Um, if it is a, a word of exhortation, uh, how is it that I can make it? to where this person receives it with love and knowing that I, I come from a place of love and care, uh, truth, yes, but that they know that I'm, I'm saying it with love. Amen. Um, another, another aspect of, of this word, uh, the word or, or prophecy is that it's willing to yield. What does this mean? To me, it means that it is willing to be tested. It's willing to be tested. Uh, we see it through the Bible, right, where um, uh, we are being told, hey, test the word, right? Do away with the, with the bad things, with the wrong things, and keep what is good. So uh, when we come and give a word, if we're not willing for that word to be tested, then mm, we got to check our hearts. We got to check our hearts and, and see what's going on there, Right. Or if somebody comes and gives us a word and they're not willing to be, you know, for the word to be tested, um, well, then maybe we we say, uh, well, maybe that word ain't for me. Um, so, yeah, uh, willing to be to yield. 
Another thing is that it's full of mercy. We do not condemn. We are not called to condemn or judge or anything like that. We come full of mercy and just saying, you know, this is what God wants to give you. And I know that what God wants to give you is life, love, a future. His plans are marvelous for you. His thoughts of you are awesome and great. And, you know, we want to encourage. We want to edify. Again, sometimes it is exhortation, but we do it with mercy. We do it with love and we don't condemn. Okay. Um, and another thing about the word of God is that it gives good fruits. What does this mean? That it produces change and transformation in the lives that we are ministering to or in our lives. Amen. If a word of God is not bringing transformation or change in us, you know, um, it's either one of two things. It's not coming from God or we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing uh, to uh, walk in that word. There's a there's a, a, a verse um, I can't think of it right now, but it, where it says that we are to walk in the word or um, in, in, in Spanish, it's militar en la palabra, which is, I think in English is exercise the word, uh, which is that we receive a word. It's just not receiving it and poof, we're going to expect a change. No, we exercise in the word to be able to. Uh, receive that change or or that transformation to take place in our lives. So a word of God gives good fruit. Amen. I was I was you know just reviewing this and it was just blessing me. I was like, thank you, Jesus. This is good stuff for my soul. I hope it's blessing you too. Um, another thing about this mistake aspect is what we were just talking about a while ago. Test all things. Test all things. First Thessalonians. I have a, I have a hard time with these uh, biblical words. Thessalonians 5, uh, 19 to 21. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. So, to, to test and hold fast what is good means that something wrong was done or said. There was a mistake that happened. If that weren't so, why test it? Yeah. If, 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 you know, if, if that's, if, I'm, if, if something wasn't wrong, then why should we have to test something? So Paul was on, on, onto something here. And he's like, hey, you're going to commit mistakes or somebody is going to try to fool you or, you know, all these kind of things. So we need to test it. We need to prove that what God, that what is being spoken is, is okay. So we need to judge the word. In another, in another, um, in another part of the Bible, you know, uh, uh, maybe it's in the same uh, chapter, but I don't think it is. It's in Corinthians where um, he is saying that we judge prophecy, that we test the prophecy, that we prove the prophecy. So it's something that should be done. We need to start from, but we do need to start from somewhere and keep learning, okay? If we make a mistake, we must acknowledge it. 
evaluate what went wrong so that we may learn from it. It's important that we have mentors that can speak into our training with truth and love. Okay, we're going to commit mistake. You betcha, 100%. You will. I have, and I will again. <laughs> but that should not stop us. That should only encourage us to keep learning, to keep trying. Um, it's like with uh, uh, the uh, gift of, of, of healing or uh, gift of miracles, you know, sometimes they're not going to work. When you pray for someone and healing doesn't come through, that doesn't mean that you were wrong or you were of little faith or whatever it is. It's just that you're learning, that you're walking in, in what God wants to do in your life and through your life. So we don't stop, okay? If I would have stopped long ago uh, preaching because of my first time preaching, <laughs> Because if you heard, would have heard me my, my first time preaching, you would have said, this kid ain't going anywhere. Um, so if I would have stopped back then, you know, maybe God wouldn't have brought me all the way to where I'm at right now. So it's just practice. It's training. It's learning. It's knowing that we're going to commit mistakes. It's owning our mistakes also, recognizing them, acknowledging them, and just saying, God, help me get better. How do I get better? Um I want to hear you better. I want to speak it better. Um, you know, and mistakes can be done in the way that we convey the message too. You know, that has happened to me um, where uh, maybe it was a word of exhortation. I'm over here. And then after that, I'm like, what did I do? Why did I do that? Why did I say it that way? Anyway, uh, we just got to learn, brother and sister, I'm there with you and you're there with me. Amen. And then there's the other aspect, the third one, which is <clears throat> the false aspect. The false aspect. There is false prophecy and there is false prophets. It's a real thing. It's uh, sad. But even today, to this date, and, you know, for however long we're going to be here on earth, there will be false prophets and false prophecy. First John 4.1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, <clears throat> but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And that was back then. <laughs> that was 2,000 years ago, guys, and it's still happening. And as I said, it will keep on happening, okay? So this aspect of prophecy is about a person taking God's word to carry out his or her own selfish purposes. That's what it is. The person disguises him or herself as a servant, servant of God, but misuses God's word to exploit or control people. And it's, it's sad. It's very sad. It's very disheartening, but it's something that happens even today. Um, this aspect of prophecy is where we want to be one million miles away from. We don't want to have to do anything with that. Um, and, you know, it, it, it speaks to, to, our, to us to be able to, what we were saying a while ago, be mentored 
have a community that we that can speak into our lives to say, hey, I don't think that what you said back then or what you said, you know, is is a, is a is something that's truly coming from God, and that we can accept and we can say, oh, and not fall into well, what I said is what God said, and nobody can question it, and nobody can say anything about it. Ugh. We're going in the wrong way. We're going in the way where it's us and only us and my word and what I want to say. And you got to listen to me. And we fall into legalism and all other sorts of things that sadly do exist. And that sadly um, go to a place of control uh, to exploit people either for money or either just just to have them controlled and just to have them in um, you know doing what you want to do. So uh, it's so sad, but it does happen. And the Bible clearly speaks of destructive consequences to whoever falls under this practice. First Peter two. Uh, verse 1 and 3, it says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words for a long time. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. Wow, it's a very, um, you know, just heavy warning uh, from the word of God of whoever falls under this practice, right, of, of just giving false prophecy, false teaching, and uh, taking people uh, to a place where it's not of God, under condemnation, you know, under just so many things that um, are not of God. Yeah, personally, I experienced it. Um, my wife experienced in a in a greater measure. Um, I, you know, I was just talking about this on Sunday, where, you know, she said, "I, I don't want to have to do anything with the church. I love God. My faith is still in Jesus, but you can go to church. I'm not going to church. I'll stay right here." And you know, it got to that point where we were just like, Whoo, uh, "Lord, help us!" And you know, God had to. Um, uh, just to work in me and work in the decisions that I had been making. And thankfully, God brought me to a place where it's like, buddy, orale, got to get out of here. But um, sadly, it does exist. And sadly, um, many people fall trapped, you know, to that kind of thing. Um, but uh, thank God for our leadership. Thank God for Pastor Dale. Uh, thank God for Sharon. You know, that are people that hear God, that are in tune to the word of God and, and you know, just bring us uh, a, a message of, of uh, you know, acceptance, of grace, of love. Amen. So how does the word of God come to us or how to prophesy? Okay. And I'm going to try to go a little bit quick here because we're running out of time, but um, how does the word of God come to us or how to prophesy? Second Peter one twenty one says, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke 
as they were moved by who? The Holy Spirit. Amen. So here are some things that may happen when we prophesy. 1 Samuel 10, 10. Then the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among, among them. And this is talking about Saul. <clears throat> you know, Saul was um, just this guy. And what I wanted, the point I got, wanted to get to is that through that manifestation of God's presence in his life, and, you know, him prophesying, he was transformed completely into another man. So things that may happen when we prophesy, number one, God's presence is perceived. God's presence is perceived. It says the spirit of God came. Now, God is always present, right? God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at any time. Right? God is always present. But when God is ready to move in a certain way, we become aware of God's manifest presence. Okay? There's a difference. There's a difference between the presence of God where I know he's here. Right? But when God moves, when God wants to either speak, heal, um, he, his presence is manifested in a particular way. So when we start feeling, I don't know if it ha it's happened to you guys, right? But you might be in your car at Walmart or wherever, right? You just start feeling the presence of God. And it's like, oh God, you're here. Speak, your servant hears you. I'm right here, right here, God. So um, it's just that awareness that God begins to manifest himself. And we're, when we feel that, it's, it's a, yes, God, I acknowledge you're here. What do you want to, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And then God's word is received. It says that the spirit of God came upon him. So the, the word of God is received. It is unexpected unrehearsed or unthought of word that is suddenly put in our heart, our mind, or our mouth to speak. It's not like we had already planned this. Oh, I'm going to go to Walmart and I'm going to give a word of God, or I'm going to go to church and I'm going to give a word. No, it's just something very, you know, um, of course there is uh, uh, times and there is ministry um, you know, that people prepare for these kind of things, right? But what we're talking about right now and what happened to Saul in the moment was it was unexpected. It was not rehearsed. It was just a word of God coming, boom, and you speak and you give it. And that's what, you know, that's what we're, 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 we're saying. It is an unexpected. It's something that we hadn't you know, thought of before, and we receive the word of God. And it takes us to the third point, which is God's word is spoken. It says, and he prophesied among them. So we, we, we want to speak what we receive. We feel God's presence. We receive a word. We perceive something in our spirit, in our mind. 
and now we want to speak it. But <laughs> at this stage is when doubt kicks in, right? And the big question comes in, is it truly God? Oh, what am I going to say? How do I say it? You know, and the only way that we're going to know if it's true, if it's genuine, if it's going to touch, if it's going to change, you know how it is? Speak it. <laughs> Speak it. Speak it in faith. Speak it in faith, knowing that, you know, God is with you. And if 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 God is with you, you know, it, 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 it the word of God does not come back void. It is sent out and it will do what it needs to do in its time, but it will do. When we perceive God's presence and receive a word in his presence, it most likely comes from him. Okay? When we perceive God's presence and we receive a word in his presence, it most likely comes from him. So we can be assured, we can uh, step out in faith and say, Lord, I'm going to speak it. And it, uh, I, I'm, I'm believing in faith that it's going to bless my brother, my sister, um, uh, my cousin, my aunt, my dad, my mom, uh, whoever it is, right? Or the, or the church, knowing that your presence in is in this place. So these are things that may happen when we prophesy. Also, a word from God comes from the word of God. A word from God comes from the word of God. David, David B is saying something here. I mean, the more you step out, it becomes more familiar. Oh, I love that. Yes, you are so right. I'm so sorry I have not been reading the uh, the chat. But yes, um, that is so good, David. The more <clears throat> you step out, it becomes more familiar. That is totally, totally true. Okay, so a word from God comes from the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we've learned in past classes, all words, personal or for others, that we perceive from God must be based off the word of God. Yeah. And we, we prove it with the Bible. To prophesy is an act of faith. And faith is born from biblical revelation. It's all, it all comes into a circle. To prophesy is an act of faith. And faith is born from biblical revelation. The more we know our Bible, the greater faith we will have to speak it. So if what we're receiving is something like very questionable... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it just doesn't match or it, it, there's no witness in our spirit that something that we've read in the Bible that comes, that's biblical, that, um, you know, it, it just doesn't, it's just not there. We, we might want to hold off and maybe go to the Bible and say, God, where, where is this? You know, I, I know I have received words 
um, maybe I'm driving or I'm at my office and I receive something and it's like, mm, questionable. I need to dig a little bit more in this. You know, that's okay. God says, do it. You know, we have to test it. We have to prove it. So what I do is do I go to, I go to the word and God, where is it? Where, 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 where are you speaking this word in your word, in the Bible? And we come to it and we, and we speak it to our own self or if it's for others, right? If prophecy, this is Romans 12, 6, where it's talking about the, 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 the gifts of the spirit and um, the gifts, uh, the serve, servant gifts. Um, and it says, if prophecy, if you have the word of prophecy, if you have the gift of prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. What, what uh, David was saying fits to this. The more you do it, the more faith you have, the more you get into the word, yeah, more, the more comfortable you're going to feel with it, the more familiar you're going to feel with it, and the more, more boldness is going to come to our lives for us to be able to speak it and step out in faith and say, it, it, it definitely matches with the word of God, so I'm speaking it. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give the word. Muy bien. And lastly, these last points is um, in a practical sense, right? Um, uh, in what ways can a word from God come? Now we go into the practical uh, sense of, of giving the word of God. So one way that a word of God comes and that we can give is that it comes uh, through a Bible verse. You know, God gives you a Bible verse for someone or for yourself, or God takes to, takes you to a story of the Bible, um, and you speak it um, over yourself, or you convey it to someone that God is putting in your heart to to speak it to. So it's a Bible verse. You know, it could be I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, and it's something that someone has to hear that day, you know, um, or something that you need to hear that day. <laughs> um, and, and it blesses, it, it, it changes, it transforms the, uh, your environment, your surroundings, your heart, your mind, and you go forward with it. So it can come as a Bible verse, or it can come as a Bible story. Excuse me. Another one is hearing words. Um, this is one of the most commons that happens to me. Um, I, I see words, you know, spelled out. I don't know how to, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm skipping. Uh, did I, did I say hearing words or did I say seeing words? Hearing, hearing words. We, we perceive a voice in our hearts or sometimes it's audible. Okay. We perceive a voice. Um, it's just something that we feel. It's an impression over in our hearts or, or in, our, in our thoughts. And it's just a word. It could be one word. It could be two words. It could be a, a sentence. Um, and we just feel it. It's an impression. Um, and then, you know, we speak it. Some people have 
heard it audibly and that's okay. <laughs> um, it, it, I don't think it's happened to me, um, but I, I, it's more of, of a sense in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind of hearing these words. And then we also have seeing words. We see words spelled out either in our mind or over an object or a person. This has happened to me also, where it's just, I see the word. You know, I see peace or I see, uh, you know, whatever it is, I see the word um, and I speak it over the person. So um, that's that's a way that we can also receive words from God. Have any of you in these past three uh, points, if you have received a word from God uh, in, in one of them, can you raise your hand? And just say, uh, I've received it like, oh, that's awesome. Great. That's awesome. Another one is visions. <clears throat> visions. Something that we see clearly, even with our eyes shut. Okay. Something that we see clearly, even with our eyes shut. When God is the giver of visions, they are clear and easily described. And in that way, the vision the vision is prophesied, okay? It's something that is it's clear. We're seeing it and we can convey it. You know, it's happened to me where I'm praying um, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm with my eyes closed and I start seeing things. You know, just this one time in, in a prayer meeting, uh, uh, you know, I just saw uh, a dam, right? And there's a there's water on this side no water on this side. And I just saw a hammer started, you know, coming big, huge hammer coming and slamming against the dam. And it, and it would crack it. And then it would crack it a little bit more and water started to seep through. And then till it opened it up completely and just the waters came through the dam. And, you know, I was seeing that and I was receiving the interpretation of that vision, which is, which was in the moment was, that hammer was worship and prayer, you know, hitting against the wall of doubt and the wall of whatever it is that is holding the river of God to flow in your, in your life. So, and that hammer was coming against that dam and cracking it. And eventually the spirit of God and the river of God flows. So, you know, it's just that, that kind of thing where you receive something, you see something, and then comes the interpretation that is clear. It's not fuzzy. It's not, well, what? No, it's very clear. And it's something that you can convey uh, as, as a message. Yes, David. Um, in that uh, context that you're saying there, I've also heard that uh, referred to as a word picture like a word of knowledge through a, a picture or a vision. Right. And sometimes the, you, you, if you're praying for someone over someone or something, and I've heard them use the term that I have, I just saw a word picture for you and then yeah. just kind of lay it out just like you said it. But I didn't know if you've heard that before or not. I have heard that. And I think I've, I've seen that before where it's just a, a, a picture that you receive and 
you try to convey that message that you're receiving in a in a picture you know i i see this and um you know one time i saw a a, a, a huge tree um with you know a bunch of leaves it was just like awesome and just god was speaking to that person that um his ministry was going to be a shade over a lot of ministries and people that would come under that shade so yes it's you know i received that picture and it's like oh this is what it is so yes that is like, very like a word of knowledge along right. with that you know yeah yes thank you david also another thing how god can speak or uh, a word of god comes is dreams yes sometimes god speaks through dreams uh, and most of the times dreams need to be interpreted, you know, because um, they're not, sometimes they're not that easy to, to uh, receive the message so clearly, you know, just like with, with Joseph, um, you know, when he dreamt of those, um, you know, the stars and the moon and the sun, where the moon and the stars bowed before the sun you know, it was just like, uh, what does that mean? You know, and Jacob was like, are you saying that we're going to bow to you? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yes, uh, a dream most of the time needs to be interpreted and we need to ask God for the interpretation. Now, we got to be careful with dreams, you know, because sometimes it could just be the tacos that Mike is eating right now that are... <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. Pastor Joe usually says it's the pizza you ate last night. Dude. <laughs> maybe you ate a lot of pizza. Maybe you ate a lot of, a lot of tacos or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you, sat, you saw a bad movie. I don't know. Um, and, you know, you're, you dream it and then you wake up and you're like, what was that? And most of the time, those are not from God. Um, so we just need to be careful with dreams. Um, maybe it's just something from our subconscious, you know, something that we just dreamed and that's it. Um, but some dreams do come from God. I had a dream maybe three weeks ago um, that, uh, yeah, I, I said, I think this one needs interpretation. I think this is, you know, and, and it was just there. You know, it didn't go, you know, usually dreams just, you just forget them and yeah. But this one was just there and I just felt God saying, hey, there's something here. There's something here. Sent it to Sue, you know, Sue prayed about it and Sue gave me an interpretation that was just like, oh, yeah, yay God. I, I love that. Yes, yes, Lord, thank you for speaking. And so, so yes, dreams are a way that God uh, can give us a word also. Yes, David. I uh, just want to add that for me, I, when I have dreams, um, I do my best to try to write them down right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, because for some reason, I don't know, it happens to me and maybe it happens to everyone. I don't know. But the, the longer the time lapse from when you have the dream to mm -hmm. what you start your day or going to or whatever, things mm -hmm. can get fuzzy. And right. even some of the clarity of the detail of the dream mm -hmm. kind of gets fuzzy and goes away. 
Right. But I just make try to make it a point to, and I would uh, encourage others to do that too. I know some people that keep a pen and pencil by their bed for when they have dreams, but I'm not that that one. But I really do try to get them written down, and then pray through it like you said Sue did for you, and learn what the who, when, and where about this dream. Right. You know, needs to be applied because. <laughs> For me, it's it's a little harder, but some of the dreams for the future, some for th- that day. Mm-hmm. But if I write it down, then you could pray through it. Right. Thank you, David. Yes, that's good advice. That's it's wonderful. Yeah. I, and I don't do that. <laughs> and so it's a good advice for me, David. Thank you very much. Um, and then with this forgetful mind, I really need to write them down. Uh, another way that God could, you know, uh, speak or a word of God comes is through song. Prophetic words come accompanied by a melody. Okay, so sometimes this happens. This has happened to me where, where there's just a, a prophetic song that comes. And it could be a song of praise. It could be a song of worship. And it doesn't have to be like you're giving a message. But, um, you know, of course, sometimes it can be that. Um, but, you know, just um, I can remember one that where I was just speaking or singing of uh, the river of God, you know, flowing in our lives and just, you know, just stuff like that, where I knew God wanted to speak this or s- for me to sing this over the congregation. So prophetic words can come accompanied by a melody. Now, most of the time, if not always. This requires a certain musical and vocal skill. So, um, you know, if if you have a a a, a skill of singing a, a musical, even even through instruments, right? Um, uh, this is something that maybe God wants to 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 give you, and and for you to to be able to sing over someone or sing over congregation. Um, you know, God, God does that in our lives also. Okay. So, and the last one is prophetic acts. And this we saw uh, with the prophets of, of old, Isaiah, Hosea, um, you know, uh, crazy things that they did. Uh, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just the principle that we take from it, um, that um, it's just symbolic acts that describe a situation. Okay, it must be easy to interpret or to understand. For example, I was speaking to you guys on Sunday. Um, if you if you didn't hear Sunday's message, go online on YouTube, you can, you can see it. But, you know, when Yuri and I uh, came to a point where we had to surrender our relationship to God. You know, we make this, we made this prophetic act uh, where we, you know, uh, used an imaginary box. You know, we deposited our relationship, our hearts into the box. We closed the box. We used an imaginary key to lock the box and we gave that key to God. That was a prophetic act. That, uh, uh, you know, it was a symbolic act 
of the situation of what was happening at the moment where we we were surrendering to God our relationship and we had we wanted him to have the key to our lives to whatever he wanted to do with us so we we gave we put it in the box we gave it the key to God and God did whatever he wanted to do and well now 20 something years later uh, we're still together you know we got married and um and God has worked wonderfully in our lives. But it was a symbolic act. It was a prophetic act of saying, this is what we're doing, God. We want to give you our relationship. We want you to have the key, which means do what you want to do whenever you want to do it. Uh, if you want to have it shut forever, you do that. If you want to open it sometime, you do that. But it's yours. It's not ours. So that that was a, that was a prophetic act in our lives. Amen. Well, that brings us to, brings us to the, yes. I just want to say um, I take communion at home at times, mm -hmm. and when I do, it's a prophetic act usually yeah. because it's reminding me of what Christ did. It's beautiful and what I have in it. Mm. who God is and it's to me it's a prophetic act mm. I used to take it probably for about a year every night mm. and recently I've gotten away from that but I need to get back to it because um things go so much better if at night when I do it um before I go to bed that you know I I clear the day and remember who what that Christ has redeemed me mm. He's reconciled me to my father. Amen. And no matter how many years it's been, it still bothers me when I remember it. So to me, it's a prophetic act mm. when I do it. That's beautiful, Melanie. Thank you for share that. <laughs> Thank you so much. That it is. It is a prophetic act. It's you know, it's, and you know, you don't have to have communion wafers and everything. I did buy some. <laughs> um, but uh it doesn't matter. It's the act of it, you know. I mean, um, yes, definitely. Well, guys, well, thank you so much. You know, we're at the end of our class. I hope this encourages you to step out in faith, knowing that, you know, if we're putting our trust in the word of God, we're putting our faith in the word of God. When we speak the word of God, it's him speaking to people and encouraging them, edifying the church, edifying our brothers and sisters. And um, I encourage you to, to practice it. Practice it amongst you, yourselves with your spouse, uh, with your children. Yes, go ahead. Um, I thought this on Sunday when you preached. We watched you from here because Marty wasn't feeling well. And then I got the same thing tonight when you shared that story about that box. And I, I just wanted to ask you, did you guys ever consider the fact that you put your hearts in that box? You put your relationship in that box and it was completely protected. Both of you in there together. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that is, that's true. It is definitely because God did protect us. <laughs> there was protection over both of us, Yudi and I, um, you know, in the midst of what we were doing uh, our separate ways. Um, but there was a protection over that relationship that when it came to to its time, God did what he he did. So, yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Anybody else? 
want to comment or say anything? If not, we are we are done. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pastor Dale Walker's Leadership Podcast. Please stay tuned for future episodes and remember to follow us on all our social media platforms. You can find more information about our courses, events, and other leadership resources on our website at hftw.church. May God bless you and have a great day.